Hey Bulldogs, Maud here. We're getting ready to wrap up our season one coverage of the CW's Riverdale and we need your help. After we get episode 13 recorded, we want to do a big season one review, season two preview cast, and we need your feedback. What did you love this season? What did you hate? Is there something that we missed? Is there something that you wish we would have discussed more? And what do you want to happen in season two? Drop us an email, macintoshandmod at gmail.com, or a Facebook message by October 3rd, and we'll get it into our discussion. The wrap-up episode will drop Friday, October 6th, one week before our Season 2, Episode 1 drops on October 13th. Can't wait to hear from you. Hashtag Go Bulldogs. Drama. Comedy. Two sides of the same coin. Riverdale wasn't just a teen dramedy. It was a study in teenage angst, yearning, and nostalgia. They didn't know it when they started on their journey, but Macintosh and Maude were on their way to a newfound obsession. Macintosh and Maude's chocolate shop was open for business. Riverdale, Season 1, Episode 12, Chapter 12, Anatomy of a Murder. After FP's arrest, Archie, Veronica, and Betty rush to show proof of a frame-up, while Jughead, convinced of his dad's guilt, prepares to leave town. Let's recap the recap. Mm-hmm. We're back to the beginning. FP has Jason's jacket. Archie and Veronica are snooping. Jughead's betrayed. And FP's under arrest. Yep. That's the recap. Yes, it is. So we start off this episode at Pops. Literally where we left the last one. Yeah, it's... Quick, um, Archie um, and Veronica are telling uh, Betty that you know, hey, FP's being framed. Um, Some mention of a Vogue closet by Veronica. Yeah, well, nobody's like, well, maybe you missed it, and Veronica's like, it's not a Vogue closet, uh, which they're talking about. The f- For those of you who may not know this, me, uh, yes, um, at most uh, fashion magazines, there is a closet that is filled with all the designer merchandise that they've been sent to photograph. Oh. So it's a big deal. If you've watched, you've seen uh, The Devil Wears Prada. No. You've, you've been in the house when it's on in the background. I've seen it on the television. Okay. I have not watched it. <laughs> it's legendary. It's a thing. I get it. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's an appropriate reference for Veronica to make. Um, there's one closet, which technically we saw two different closets, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, they're just, they're rehashing the same scene uh-huh. over again and everything we saw. Um, and really the big thing is, uh, where's Jughead? And they don't know. He's not answering his phone. And they're like, okay, well, can we go to the sheriff? And they're just like, we cannot go to the sheriff until we talk to our parents. So then smash cut to the Andrews house with all the parents there. You did what? <laughs> That's the first line we hear in the scene is Fred. There's a lot of back and forth, and Hermione is... She's kind of, like, livid and crazed. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Uh, Well, there's a reason for that. Yeah. What's the line? I don't know. They're arguing about stuff. Alice asked them to break in. That gets revealed. And then they all look at Alice being like... Alice Cooper. Seriously, Alice? <laughs> Which is like, I don't think any of them are actually surprised because she's clearly crazy. Uh, Veronica says, no, I approached Mrs. Cooper. And uh, Mary pipes in, this is murder. You entered FP's residence illegal. Anything you may or may not have found is inadmissible. Um, because Mary's a lawyer. We find that out later for sure. But she's a lawyer, so she knows a few things. So she uses, the. she says something. Like, no, that's the sheriff. Never mind. We'll get there. Um, so there's just a lot of back and forth. Um, and Archie, Archie's, you know, trying to stand up to defend Jughead. And Fred finally just pipes in and goes, look, FP may have ruined Jughead's life, but I'm not going to let him ruin yours. Yeah. This is sad. I mean, uh, it's fair. Fred doesn't come off great in this episode, but he's got to put his foot down somewhere. Yeah. No, no, no. Like All the parents are definitely parenting right now. Yes, and Fred, um, his love for Jughead is not in question, but his responsibility is to Archie. Yep. So that's where, that's where his struggle lies, which is totally fair. The only irresponsible parent is Alice Cooper. 
Um, I wouldn't say irresponsible. <laughs> so much. What as, would you say? Um, it's not neglect. <laughs> what's, what's the opposite of neglect? I don't know. Because because I love the phrase, you know, benign neglect, where you like you just kind of leave your kids alone to their own devices, but not in a absent way. Where she is the complete opposite. She is malignant. Over, uh, I don't, I don't know what the word for that would be. But benign neglect is, it, it's still negative. That means no. ne- that means neglecting, but not out of a desire to neglect. No, uh, benign neglect is more of like I'm not gonna play with your kid because I've got other shit I need to do. We define this term very differently. Yes. Anyways, um, Hermione's walking out. Yeah. She drags Veronica away. And so then we get we cut to the Cooper house and Betty's in bed and she can't sleep. So she gets on her phone. She texts Archie and she goes, "I'm worried about Jughead." Arch, Arch I'm uh, worried about Jughead. And Archie's like, "Let's go find Jughead." Me too. Let's go find him. Yeah. Because he's looking. He's looking at his blow up mattress and Jughead's not there. Aww. He misses bro. He needs his bro. Um. So then we cut to the train station or not the train station. It's the bus station. And Jughead. Jughead's in a phone booth, and he is calling his mother, and he's saying, "Hey, I got a, I got a ticket to Toledo." Jughead looks rough. Yeah, and we don't hear her side of the conversation, but we get the feeling that she tells him not to come. Mm-hmm. And he is starting to cry, and he's sad. Um, he's just like, um, just forget I said anything. Bye. Yeah, and he's just ugh. He he has nowhere to he go. He has nowhere to go. Um, so he goes back into the bus station and is just like, I need a different ticket. I don't even care where. <laughs> Next bus out of town is Citrusville, Florida. Just is, is that a real place? I think it is. I have to Google this. But if not, I'm certain it's a setting in the Archie comics. That would make sense. But I believe Citrusville, Florida is an actual location. It is a it is a real place. No? Okay, Google Maps says no results. Well, okay. Too bad, Google. And then uh, the, the, bus, the bus station people are like, um, and the lobby closes in 15 minutes and it isn't open again until 5.30. So now Jughead is homeless. He looks at the sign, he it is- says no loitering, and now he's like, great. <laughs> I got nowhere I, else I, to go. Where, where am I going to go until this bus comes and picks me up? Head over to Pembroke, and uh, Mom is grabbing stuff for suitcases. No, she's... Oh, she's pa- looking for the passports. She's panic searching. And she's looking for uh, for passports, and she wants to run. And, just, you know, she tells Veronica, okay, just in case, pack a bag. And Veronica's like, Mom, you're acting like we're guilty. She goes, baby, baby we, we are guilty. I'm guilty. Mm-hmm. And she finally she finally lets Veronica know the full story that she bribed Mayor McCoy. Yeah. This is so fucking stupid. Hermione's an idiot. Yes. I mean, I get, you can completely tell that she's scared shitless. Um, but she's an idiot. Yes, yeah, she is. She, this is, this is bad. She thought that she could deal her way out of the situation. Yeah. And now it's all falling apart. Yeah, she could end her ass up in jail. And that's what tends to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's not that's not out of the realm of normal life. People do that all the time. It's not the crime, it's the cover-up. So, it, it's unfortunate that it's happening to her and Veronica, but mm-hmm. it's just the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. And Hermione... Uh, again, it's weird where it's like she's an idiot, but then to her credit, she's like, "Okay, let's do what we got to do. <laughs> yeah. Pack a bag. Let's get ready, because <laughs> we might have to go." Um, then we cut back to the bus station, and now it's Betty and Archie are are there. They're searching, and they're like, "You know, where where's Jughead? Why isn't he answering his phone?" But he's like, "Maybe because all his friends betrayed him. Maybe the only friends he has just completely betrayed him." Yeah. Uh, Archie. Driving, driving that stake into Archie's heart. Yeah, Betty feels really bad. Um, even though Betty didn't really do anything, like, wrong, wrong, but she's guilty by association. Also fun that her hair being up has the little swoop to the side from the from the dance. A little bit. 
It's just a fun look. Hmm. Uh, Veronica calls Archie, and okay, so when they cut to Veronica, she is in her silk camisole underwear, and she's laying on her couch, and she's like, oh... My mom is freaking out, and I'm on the verge. I just wanted to talk. She's kind of booty calling him. Yeah. Uh, and Archie's like, oh, no, me and me and Betty are, are trying to find Jack. And she goes, what? You went on a search party without me? I'll come meet you. Which, which is a little bit of, she's a little jealous that they're together. There's so much jealousy. There is so much jealousy. So much jealousy. Um, and Archie's like, well, don't bother because we can't find him. And it's like the bus station's closed, and Veronica gets it. What's the only place that's open 24 hours? Hint, we were just there. <laughs> Which is funny. Cut back to Pops. And Jughead is slouched over in a booth. No crown. No crown. Yep, I wrote that. He doesn't have his crown on. He's extremely vulnerable. Mm-hmm. That's what that means. Yeah. No hat means vulnerable. Um, Betty apologizes. Archie apologizes. Veronica just looks on. Veronica doesn't apologize for shit. Nope. Veronica's not sorry. No, she's not. Well, I can respect that. If you're not sorry, you shouldn't apologize. Veronica is, and this comes up later, I mean, she's, she only gives a crap about, is my dad involved? Mm. Oh, she, oh, she only cares about herself? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think she cares about her mom. Mm. But she cares about the immediate impact to her and her family. Yeah. And not about Jughead. Um, it's hard when you're that shallow. Are you trying to gain sympathy for the shallow? No. no I'm just, work. just trying to understand. It doesn't work when you talk about rarity that way. It's not going to work here. Okay? It's just not. Oh, she's better than rarity. Okay, for those of you who are not aware, we have a My Little Pony podcast, and there is a rather vapid pony that I am not a fan of. Rarity the Unicorn. The Veronica Lodge of My Little Pony. Random plug, if you want to listen to us complain about a children's animated television show, it's Macintosh and Maude, a My Little Pony podcast. Search for it. Yeah, okay. Uh, Veronica and Archie explain the whole the gun and how it wasn't there when they searched it, and so they think that FP's uh, being framed. And, and Jughead perks up. He perks up, but he's he's just completely confused now. He's like, "What are y'all talking about?" Like he's yeah, he doesn't get it. Um, so then we cut to the jail, and the sheriff is interrogating FP, and he is such an ass. Like I don't like the way they write the sheriff. No. I really don't. I feel like he's being so forceful. They wrote him as a stereotypical small town sheriff, and that's not how police work works. I felt like this should have been more Andy Griffith with an edge. And he's like, I don't know who, he's kind of like, who's the main guy from The Shield? I don't know. Vic Mackey. Vic Mackey! <laughs> Mackey. <laughs> C C H founder. She was great. I have lupus. <laughs> Thank you to the ticket for those jokes. Um. Sorry. <laughs> okay, he's kind of acting like that guy. It's just too much. Hey, this is not how a small town sheriff conducts business. This is not how law enforcement does their thing. They do a mix. They they'll get in somebody's face if they feel like it's gonna do stuff, but Where then is they... his deputy. I need to know that is who Emilio Estevez should play. The deputy Okay, let's be clear. Emilio Estevez is not coming on this show. Okay, but Andrew McCarthy might. Yeah. He could. I don't know what he's up to. Or we could just get the deputy guy from Twin Peaks. He's not doing anything now. Um that's too many things. <laughs> okay. But you know who would probably do it and be great? Kyle McLaughlin. <laughs> he loves doing random stuff. He, okay. he could be Hiram Lodge. I know he's not, but good he's, lord, he'd be amazing. He's not. All right, so I can I, I will run down this whole story because I, okay. I got every single bit of this. All right. Okay. FP tells the story out. Jason came to the White Worm, mm-hmm. told him that he wanted to run away, figured out later that it was Polly Cooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that he he says he was going to run away with his pregnant girlfriend. Right, and then and he he later figured out that happened to be Polly Cooper. Exactly. Okay. So, FP is going to give him a getaway car and cash, and with the car and some money, 
in exchange, he's got to deliver some drugs. So he loads up a station wagon, puts some weed in the back, and sends him on his way. But before the deal gets done, FP figures out who this kid is, that it's Clifford Blossom's son, Mm -hmm. and asks the question rightfully, why does this kid need me? Yep. So, and this is is FP's story, Uh, he said, you know... Jason tells him the whole plan. His sister's going to row him across the river, tip the boat over, claim that he drowned. But before he ever got to the station wagon, I grabbed him and took him to the basement of the worm. And I was holding him there, tied him up, and was going to hold him for ransom from Clifford Blossom, set up a drop-off for money, but the kid got loose and tried to escape. Now, at this moment, when he talks about, when he's confessing to the murder... The whole time he's been playing this hard guy act, and then he starts to choke up a bit. Mm-hmm. And you could see it in his eyes. And this is a testament to the brilliance of Skeet Ulrich. He's doing a great job. He's doing a really good job on this show. Mm-hmm. He he goes internal because he's got to push this out. Mm-hmm. And the sheriff gives him the rest of the story, basically. That's when you put him in the freezer. Mm-hmm. And FP co- continues to go on, but he doesn't have the swagger anymore of the story. Mm-hmm. And says, uh, yeah, when the search... It's, it's a lot more rote. Yep. And when the search was done, um, and, it, and you guys had dragged the river and everything was settled down, that's when I dumped his body. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sheriff point blank asks him if he, if he stole the files from his house. FP confesses to that. Mm-hmm. And then FP confesses to torching the car. Mm-hmm. And sheriff finally wants a confession... Did you kill Jason Blossom? And then right before the sta- right before we get the answer, the Scooby Gang shows up in the sheriff in the lobby. Okay, one thing that I noticed about this scene, again, I I've decided to harp on costuming here because it's becoming important. FP has a ring on his middle finger. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've seen that before. Yeah, I don't know. I got nothing. Okay. I have, to just, I have to figure out, one, if we've seen that before, and I also have to decide if, if I think it means anything. You know, what, what could it mean? My only thing with this is, I, I if, if there's an easy parallel to draw from it, mm-hmm. then great. But if not, I tend to just err on the side of, it's the CW, there was probably a continuity issue. It's possible, for all I know. It could be Skeet Ulrich's actual wedding band, and he just happens to wear it on his middle finger. Whatever. Um, I just noticed it, and so I'm going to keep my eye out for it. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's what that means. Um, the Scooby gang shows up and um, they're like, you know, we got to talk to the sheriff. Sheriff walks over and he's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, he was being framed. He didn't do it. He goes, well, that's interesting because he just confessed. Why did he just confess? And then we get a perp walk. A perp by. walk and uh, Jughead and FP, you know, catch eyes. And Jughead is just devastated. Yep. That is just Jughead's default mode for this whole episode. It's just devastated and fp is being very stern well he he just he he only side eyes jughead like he looks he look, no he looks at him oh, okay and then just tries to go stone cold after that riverdale riverdale so we cut to a copy of the Ridge riverdale register being read at breakfast at, the at thornhill the blossom house polly such wonderful news they, uh, the Blossoms read the news to Polly that uh, they've caught Jason's killer. FP's on the cover. And Polly gives a line of, he killed Jason? And not, not... And then she not. trails off. Because, like, she doesn't believe this for a second either. <laughs> but everybody there is like, hmm? And then Clifford takes Polly's hand and is like, I went to the station. I looked uh, Jason's killer in the eye. Now we'll finally have peace. And Penelope is very like, mm, sour puss face. And goes, Jason will have peace and we'll get to start over. <laughs> She's so bad. Bad how? Like her human, her as a character hum- humanly is bad or the writing of the character slash acting is bad? Writing and acting. Oh, I don't think so. It's n- there. Okay, there are other scenes where she's been good, but this episode, she is really bad. I don't think so. I think she's too cartoony. I think that's the point. I d- no, you're wrong. <laughs> Twin Peaks. You're still wrong. 
right, so we cut to the school. It's the cafeteria. Um, they're all reading the paper, and Betty's like, all right, you know, uh, it says FP worked alone. And Archie goes, well, there's no mention of your dad, Ronnie, so that's good news. And even in the middle of all this, Cheryl's getting consoled in the, in the lunchroom. And then Veronica and Archie are holding hands under the table. Aww. Um, and Jug and they're like, "Well, where's Jughead?" And Archie says, "Jughead's not coming in today. He's down at the station." Um, they there's some back and forth, but you know, FP didn't do it. Um, Kevin's defending his, his dad. dad. And yeah. Betty Betty just can't buy it. She's she, just, she's, like he she's, didn't do this. Betty does not buy it, and Archie suddenly looks over and eyes go completely wide. Jughead has shown up. He's at school. Uh, he he looks not disheveled, but his eyes are completely red. He's been sobbing. He's been sobbing, and he's tired, and like he's clearly not sleeping very well either. He's shredded completely. Yeah. He he looks like he's hungover. I don't believe that he is, but that's what he looks like emotionally. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, he goes over to Cheryl and he apologizes for his dad, and Cheryl starts to beat him up. She slaps him. She stands up. Starts pounding his chest. And Jughead, the look on Jughead's face, even though he's wincing at the pain. He's he just, just like, just take it. He, he wants to stand there and take it. Because he's like, I don't, whatever has to be done to make this right, I want to do it. Uh, Archie pulls Cheryl off of him. Weatherby comes in and says, Mr. Jones, come with me. Um, Archie's like, he didn't do anything wrong. He was apologizing. And you know, Archie's very frustrated. Um, okay, this fake, this, this fight was fake. Cheryl's performing here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, when, and then we cut to Cheryl's in the bathroom. She's crying and Betty comes in to check on her and Cheryl's like, you know, people keep coming up to me and apologizing and hugging me, which clearly she does not like. And telling me that the nightmare is over. over. And then why doesn't it feel that way? Cheryl doesn't believe that FP killed her brother either. Yeah. So that's why, like, I'm supposed to beat up Jughead. Like, it look, I think the slap was genuine, but everything after that was not. Well, and as she's, as she's crying in the bathroom and Betty opens the door, she's like, I barely touched him. Yeah. <laughs> which, that's probably true. Cheryl could probably kill somebody with her bare hands uh betty is waiting for jughead outside weatherby's office and jughead goes second interrogation of the day i don't know who's more of a dick the sheriff or weatherby (laughs) i'm gonna go with weatherby it's weatherby the the sheriff the sheriff is just a local guy yeah no um betty tells you know is talking to Jughead and is just telling him you know I I believe he's innocent I don't think he did this and Jughead's like then who did it Betty who did it I've been waiting my whole life for that man to do the right thing I'm done and you should be too by the way these past few scenes especially in the bathroom Betty's shirt is completely sheer I can see her bra in the bathroom scene um it's not so much that it's It's not completely sheer. No. But this is one of those things that they just don't tell girls. And even a lot of grown women. If you have a sheer or semi-sheer top that is white, you don't wear a white bra underneath it. You wear a nude bra. Yeah. So that it disappears. And then nobody would notice it. If you wear a white bra under a semi, it's under, like, even just a white t-shirt, it's like headlights because it's white on white. And guess what they did? They yeah. put her in a white bra. Well, whatever. I mean... Bad job, costumers. You know, we go through f- periods in fashion where it's like, show your bra, here's the cool bra straps, and I'm going to wear a black bra under a see-through yellow shirt and act like I didn't do that on purpose. They are in high school. I agree. <laughs> I, I, I would not let my daughter walk out dressed like that because I would say... You can't wear... I probably wouldn't buy her a white bra, too. I would just be like, you're just getting nude or black. Those are the options right now. <laughs> I don't I don't need to see your underwear under your clothes. That's just... I shouldn't be able to tell what kind of underwear you're wearing. Exactly. That's, Cut. That's, that's the thing. Cut to the Andrews house. Uh, Fred is on the phone, and we find out that he's talking to Weatherby, and he tells Archie that because of some of the other students, whether he thinks it's a good idea if Jughead finishes out the semester at home, 
Archie's pissed. Can't we go to the school board? And Fred's like, you know, we need to look for a long-term solution here. Archie says, we are the long-term solution. And Fred's like, no, I'm not his legal guardian. And Archie goes, good thing mom's a lawyer. My priority is to keep you safe. Especially from whatever trouble keeps following the Joneses around. And we see on the stairs the Jughead's listening. He's hearing all of this. Fred fucked up. Yeah. This ain't good. Yeah. Well, he's frustrated. He's, I understand, but he fucks this up pretty. To bad. be fair, he's got a liability living in his house. He does. Jughead is a liability. He is. Uh, he, no, he 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 is in fact a liability. How is Jughead the liability? He is the son of a now known criminal, so people could come after Fred because he's got Jughead with him because they want to get to Jughead. We find out later that Clifford is threatening Jughead's life, so that's not stupid. Um, and also, now that uh, Fred is working on that project, knowing that Hiram is behind it, he knows. Like, I'm, I'm dealing with some dirty people. <sighs> Jughead He's, didn't do anything no, wrong. No, he, he didn't do anything wrong. It's... And I'm not saying that their actions aren't wrong, but... Jughead is a liability to the Andrews family right now. Well, I believe that Fred fucked this up as a parent. He should do better. Do better, Fred. Do better. Uh, he's doing the right thing as a parent to Archie. He's not doing a good job as the surrogate parent to Jughead. That's what he hasn't reconciled. Because the part that really messes it up is when Fred says, maybe you should go live in Chicago with your mom. And yeah, Archie, that's actually where he really screws up. No, that's where he screws up because Archie's like, that wasn't even something I was considering. When Jughead hears that, he hears, oh, my surrogate family is breaking up now too. Yep. That's where, that's the knife to his heart. And Jughead starts leaving and Archie tries to stop him and Jughead's like, I'll, I'll sleep in the garage tonight. I mean, this was a great scene. It really was. Yes. But on all parties, it was well written. Oh, no, no. No. I, <laughs> Again, I'll love to Luke Perry. Of course. Great job, great, great job, KJ. And uh, and Cole, poor Cole. Ooh, rough stuff. Aww. Cole does really good on this episode too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Betty's sleeping, and then she hears some, she. Wakes well, up. she can't sleep. No, she. No, she, her eyes are open. Whatever. She is. She is startled by some rustling, and she starts going down the stairs, and she runs into Alice with a gun. With a gun, and. Betty's not even surprised. She just goes, Mom, what are you doing with that? Get behind me and be ready to call 911. And they're going down to the basement. <laughs> like, this is, I feel like this has happened before. Peak Alice. This is peak Alice for sure in this episode. She is, she's great. She is alicing it up. So they go down to the basement and who's there? There's papers rustling around in the basement. It's Hal with all the stolen papers from the sheriff. And he explains that he's the one who stole them. At the and kitchen table. And they're like, wait, no, FP. And he goes, well, I don't know why he would admit to that because I did it. Here they are. And I was like, I was worried the investigation would get back to Polly and our family. And our, our connection with the Blossoms. And they're like, what? Huh? Well, like Great granddaddy like, Cooper killed. Great, you know, or no, the Blossoms killed great granddaddy Cooper. Cooper. And Hal explains. Um... Great Graham Happy Blossom was a blossom. Like, Great Granddaddy Cooper was a blossom. After he was murdered, my family severed all ties and changed our name. We took a new name, Cooper. And even Alice didn't know about this. Uh, and, and Betty goes, so I'm a blossom? And like, Alice disgusted look on her face. And Alice, Alice starts to understand Polly is a blossom, blossom, which makes her and Jason relatives by blood. This is why you wanted to, and she's she's referencing the abortion, and Hal is like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right, guys. The CW on network television did an incest story. We did it. We did it, America. We went there. Okay, but let's be clear, because they talk about it later. They're cousins, so I don't think technically this would be, like, 
technically it's fucked the right no, it's up. it's fucked up, but I think legally, I think third cousins are allowed to be married, depending on your state. Hey, legally, no one cares oh, because this still... is incest on the CW. Oh, absolutely. But no, <laughs> I don't want to give them too much credit, okay? <laughs> because this is the lightest amount of incest you can go with. <laughs> Just a, just a, just a light just, just incest. Just a touch of incest. <laughs> just a little bit of incest. No, because any, a, any closer degree and then it, it, it's, I, I <laughs> you know they have this conversation. We can't talk about this, no, can we? you know they have this conversation. Can we like, just be excited that a network show was willing to go there? It's funny. I'll give you that. But this is why you don't keep these kinds of fucking secrets from no? your children. Good lord. <gasps> this is why Betty wanted to know the fucking truth the whole time. And then the scene ends and it's perfect because Betty goes if if you were willing to go to these lengths to try to stop this from going on what would the Blossoms do? do? They all, oh, eyes wide open, and Alice goes, we need to get Polly out of that house now. Yeah. And they all get up immediately and run out it's of the very, house. It's very funny. <laughs> Great job, America. Congratulations, okay. everyone. <laughs> You're way too excited about this. It's just funny. Okay, well, I said something about secret Blossoms. I just had no idea it would be the Coopers. The Coopers are the secret Blossoms. I was waiting for twincest to happen. I really was. No, see, that's too close. I know it's too close. Especially after Game of Thrones. But my God, it would have been so off the rails insane. And also, we would have heard everything about it if twincest had actually gone down. Yeah, there would have been too many people going, this is ridiculous! Why is this on network television aimed at children? Slash such a brave storytelling on CW. Yeah, it's whatever. Okay, so then we get to Thornhill and Alice is banging on the door. Alice Cooper ain't fucking afraid. Uh, <laughs> Clifford opens the door. It's like, what the hell's going on, Alice? Don't bother calling the cops! We're not staying! <laughs> And Polly's like everyone's coming down, and Polly's only like, half awake. She's like, what? What's going on? Like, we're here to come to take you home. What? No, she chose to stay here. Like, we know all about the incest. With we, she chose to stay here with the same family. Oh yes, your family. We know all about the incest, and they're like, what? <laughs> they they reveal everything, and Clifford Blossom's reaction is, yeah. So what? Uh, and and Penelope says. No, no, no. Okay, I can't remember what happens exactly, because but I wrote it down here that, okay, Hal's, not Hal, Alice says, you know, yeah, and now FP's confession has a few gaping holes in it. And uh, Penelope goes, nothing would be more purely blossom than those babies. To which Hal, in all of America, and anybody who's ever seen this, goes, what is wrong with you people? Hal, you're not completely useless. Yay! <laughs> Um, but yeah, Clifford's line, yeah, so what? Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. <laughs> and they're, Alice's line, like, so what? It's like, <laughs> this island of Dr. Monroe experiment in breeding and eugenics is over, let's go! And, and, and we get the third, the third cousins because Clifford goes, oh, you people with your middle class morality, they're not even, it's not like they're brother and sister, they're, what, third cousins? Oh, okay. And then while they're on their way and, okay. and, but and somewhere in this, Betty has has accused Penelope of possibly. She being does that right life. after the FP confession okay. thing, and she's she's like maybe somebody was trying to hide incest, and that's when Penelope gets off the okay. line. Nothing would be more pure. Okay. Also, you know what that makes me think? Hmm. This ain't the first time this has happened in the Blo Blossom family tree. Oh, I'm sure there's there's no different branches of some of that tree. Please like, tell me we're going to talk does, about that more later. Why does everyone have red hair? Hmm. It's 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 not a dominant gene at all. Um, and then as they're, the Coopers are leaving, Penelope uh, grabs... Betty. Betty and says, you've made a grave error, little girl. She says it creepy like that, too. Yeah. And Betty's like, no, I don't think I did. Yeah, Betty's in a haunted house, and she's... Oh, she's so good. Mm -hmm. We can't say that enough. She's just really good. Yeah. So when we cut to Archie's waking up Jughead and says, hey, we gotta go, we gotta go to Pops. And they've met Mary uh, for breakfast. Uh, Mary went to the station and uh, she was there 
played herself <laughs> off as uh, as FP's lawyer, and she's like, it doesn't look good between um, him having the murder weapon, his priors, and, and Jughead's Jughead's now in irony mode. He goes, oh, and that pesky confession. She's like, yeah, it doesn't look good. He didn't budge from his story at all. And, and Jughead goes, well, at least he's an honest murderer. Archie's trying to stop him, but I'm like, nah, I feel you, Jughead. Go for it. Get that sarcasm. This is how you move through the world with your sardonic humor. You gotta cope how you can. Um, uh, Mary says, who is Joaquin DeSantos? And they're like, well, that's Kevin's boyfriend. And she was like, he was FP's one phone call. Huh? Um, And then she tells Jughead, you need to go see your father. And tell him whatever you need to say to him, because if once he's arraigned, things could move pretty quickly, and this could be your last chance to do anything. Okay, this next scene could have won an Emmy. This scene is so good between these two. Oh, because Jughead goes to the jail. Okay, sorry, I was reading my notes to be like, okay, what's the scene next? Okay. The next scene is Jughead's at the jail, and. I mean, just starts letting loose with, you know, when Archie brought this thing about you working for Fred. Um, I knew it was a mistake. I really thought you had changed. You really had me. You really had me. And that's when he starts just he starts tearing crying, up. And FP is clenching, clenching his jaw. Because you can see his eyes about ready to burst mm-hmm. with tears. But he's clenching his jaw trying to look mean. I was like, and then you had this story about moving to Toledo. I was like, you didn't want to move. You wanted to run away. And FP starts yelling, I did what I had to do, what I always do. Jughead says, are you even sorry? And FP starts, gets up and goes, I'm sorry, I got caught. And FP is almost crying here. Oh, yeah. That's that's what's so good about the scene. It's, oh, no, they're both doing really... They both, Everything's internal for, for FP. Oh, yeah. And uh, and everything's external for Jughead. Like he's just Jug- letting everything out. Jughead turns away, and FP says, "Look at me, look at me, Jughead. Never come back here." He's screaming, and Jughead's staring at him. And it is a there's a lingering look, and it's a very strong look. And Jughead, and Jughead just snaps and go he and he's like, "Got it." And leaves. And you know in that moment that Jughead knows my dad didn't do this. Well, because you can see on FP's face, every other time he's just been like this fake bravado. Mm -hmm. And in this moment, it's a true warning. Never come back here. You got it? Yeah. And then... (laughs) And Jughead's eyes are like looking back and forth at at FP. You can see him like... He's trying to read his dad. He's studying his face. Yeah. And walks out the door. And then FP just breaks down. Yeah. Once Jughead leaves... Yeah. It's probably the hardest lie he's ever had to tell. It's pretty good. Mm. Um, so good. And we cut to... Veronica. And Archie with a fireside <laughs> chat. <laughs> Could they just go ahead and have sex already? Season two, yo. <laughs> Season two. Because they got to take it slow. I know, you told me. There has to be a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Um, we're going to get to that in our preview cast. <laughs> <laughs> I've been writing things down. Do you have some predictions to make about their relationship? We need to talk about people's uh, status. (laughs) It's going to be a whole thing. Because this is a standard trope in all teenage television. Um, It's it's happening, okay? So anyway, Archie talks about, or Veronica's being like, he called Joaquin for his phone call? And Archie's like, yeah, it's weird. Well, what does Betty think? She thinks it's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this is totally one of those, I I do like these types of moments because they're funny. Archie's like, I'm going to get some good make out humping time with my lady <laughs> and she's asking these questions and he's just a dumb boy. It's weird. She thinks it's weird. <laughs> it's, sort of, it. it's sort of that and it's also, it's also, <laughs> hey, some of it too though is, is for Veronica to be like, um, hey, Captain Obvious, she thinks the same thing. Duh. <laughs> a um, little bit of it's turning back to Veronica. Like, it's, nobody's got any conclusions on this. We're all just freaking weirded out. And Veronica makes a statement that Joaquin might know if FP was hired to kill Jason, which is a fair point. Okay, then we cut to Archie's garage, and 
Archie, Veronica, and Kevin are talking to Joaquin. Uh, are talking to Joaquin. Uh, talking might be a, a nice way to put they're it. They're like politely interrogating him, mm-hmm. and even Kevin's about to get up in his face. Even though. Kevin says, "I'm not asking you as your boyfriend. I'm asking you as the sheriff's son." I roll, but I roll, but it's one of those. Kevin's like, "I know that you've been playing me." Don't fuck with me anymore. It's like, it's, I'm not going to allow this anymore. Sweet little Kevin. <laughs> um, and and so they ask, did FP kill Jason? And Joaquin's answer is, I assume. Yeah. I they assume. all go, oh my God. I mean, I, I assume. assume. I. And Joaquin basically tells the story. He's in the dark. He doesn't really know anything about it. Okay, well, you explain the story. Right. So Joaquin's part of the story, as mm-hmm. we go through the Rashomon, is uh, he gets a phone call from FP and they need to they've got a he's got a job for him at the white worm mm. fp tells him to come to the basement nobody is allowed in the basement at the white worm basement is off limits so th- they go down that's where he saw the body never asked fp if he did it mm-hmm. just assumed uh he helped clean up the body they place it in the freezer they clean up the rest of it yep and mm-hmm. and we're watching all of this and during the cleanup, we see FP clean something that is our point of view of the cleanup, which we later realize is the camera that's been placed in there. Yeah. Um, if I, 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 I knew it when I watched it, but things didn't click. Well, he puts exactly. a hand. I mean, he puts a hand up there. I, I He's assumed it was. It. A, I assumed it was a camera. Well, but I don't think he was cleaning it because yeah, as soon he, as he, he had as a soon rag as in his it, hand. but as soon as his hand goes up, the screen goes black. I'm thinking that he actually took the camera down. It's possible. I mean, it's because it's that, probably we'll, a little bit of both. We'll get there, but we'll explain why. Okay. But I think that's what he did. And um, Kevin Keller just turns and is like, "You are a criminal." Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably the worst thing you could say to Joaquin. Uh. Was it? Um, Veronica immediately turns around and asks was this if a job for for Hiram Lodge, and Joaquin explains, "I don't, I don't know, but I did overhear <sighs> FP and Mustang talking one day." Like, oh, that's right, Mustang's back. I'm a TV genius. <laughs> um, and they're like, "Oh, Mustang was the other uh, serpent who threw you out of the white worm," and he's like, "I heard them talking one day about some rich guy, and Mustang was the only other guy who knew about the cleanup." And they're like, we need to talk to Mustang. And Joaquin's like, you do not want to go see Mustang. And Kevin's like, you will take us to Mustang or I will tell my dad about your little cleanup. And Joaquin's, you know. He's like, ugh, fine. Polly and Betty are in the bedroom. (laughs) This is just nice. I'm glad that you're home and that the babies are okay and healthy. God, everything. The rest of it. Yeah. God, everything else. And Polly immediately goes, is the worst. <laughs> it's cute. It's just, I was like, oh, the Coopers are back together. Yeah. Um, Betty gets called from Jughead. Jughead says, uh, I believe you. My dad's hiding something. Mm-hmm. Okay. You were right. I saw my dad. Joaquin gives a nice tour of the south side. And they're at a shifty motel. And they go to Mustang. Or apartment complex. Something. It's a motel. Uh, Veronica gets the line, not much money in local crime and villainy, is there? Uh, they go to Mustang's room, and they walk in, and they don't see him, and they go to the bathroom. Well, first, Archie goes to the bathroom, and Mustang has OD'd. Archie sees a dead guy! And then Veronica sees a dead guy! Oh, it's total Scooby-Doo. And then Kevin sees a dead guy! And then Joaquin peers his head around and is like, oh crap, I gotta get out of here. I can't be seen here. He leaves, <laughs> Kevin leaves, when they're leaving, Kevin says, call my dad! Which is like... I just love, like, Archie's shocked. Veronica's shocked. Kevin Keller's shocked. Like, Joaquin is... I gotta get the fuck out of here. I leave. <laughs> we don't know how old Joaquin is. No, we got I'm no gonna, clue. I'm gonna guess 1920. Maybe, maybe, maybe not, early... Not too old for it to be super weird for him to be around some high school. Maybe like 22, 23, too. No, that's too far. He could be Johnny Depp, like... He could be 21 Jump Streeting it. Okay, but... No. <laughs> he helped clean up a murder. I think he'd have to have a little more buy-in than 19. Well, if he... Well, I don't care. <laughs> the sheriff arrives. Fred shows up, sees Archie, and Archie's like, we're okay. 
Um, we wanted to talk to Mustang. We knew we knew he was a a guy, or a, a serpent. Mm-hmm. So we we thought you know maybe you know he would know something. Fred shoves him aside and is like, "Do we know anything?" Um, and, and then one of the police officers comes out with a bag of money. It is, and it's the same bag of money that Hermione used to pay off the mayor. Mm-hmm. And the sheriff says. Mind telling me what your initials are doing on this bag of cash in this guy's room? Veronica jumps in and says, no, it's not Hermione. It's Hiram Lodge. My dad was doing business with the serpents. And Hermione grabs her and says, that's all we're saying until we have an attorney present. Veronica needs to know. <laughs> oh, goodness. And the sheriff is, is understanding this is getting deep. By the way, he just accepts the overdose blindly. He's not very good no, at sheriffing. Says, it looks like an overdose... But if he was involved with the with the Blossom killing, he could have felt the heat on him. So it would have been a suicidal overdose. Well, exactly. Except, again, this guy... He's a shitty sheriff. That's what I mean. Why do you accept that explanation? You've got weird-ass murders going on around your town. Like, this is like the first thing that's ever really happened in Riverdale that we know of. Like, big thing. Go interview the serpents, you Dummy. Whatever. He's a dummy. So Archie and Fred time. Yeah, they're leaving. They're leaving the motel, and they get in the car. And Fred is like, "If you stay on this path, you're gonna end up dead. I'm trying to protect you. That's my job, and it's the only one that counts." And Archie's tearing up. And Archie's crying. It's so sad. That's a good scene. So sweet. Our little, our little scruffy boys, scruffy redheaded boys. The lodges head home. Hermione shuts the door, and, and she finally breaks down. She breaks down. She's crying, and Veronica comforts her. It was, it was necessary. Like she's been trying so hard to hold it together she's, for this she's long. She's panicking at this point. It's just like I can't, I can't. I've got, yeah. I've got no more moves. What do I do for for me and my daughter? Um, so I get it. Joaquin is uh, at the bus station. And, and he warns them, is like, you know, you got to tell your friends to lay off this, all right? You tell them to stop it. Kevin Keller's like, you really don't know them at all, do you? It's like, just like, I don't know you. But then he kisses him goodbye. Kevin Keller still loves Joaquin. And then Joaquin's getting on the bus. He goes, I'm going to miss you, Preppy. Okay, the way he calls him Preppy is such a callback to Saved by the Bell. That's what A.C. Slater calls Zach Morris. Y'all better bring Joaquin back. I love Joaquin. I love him. Um, Let him get past and lay low for a little bit and then bring him back. But then Joaquin steps out of the bus and he's like, hey, I didn't want to say anything to while your friends were around. And he gives him a piece of paper. Cut to Jughead. And he gives a nice line. And so this is this is a weird intercut scene. So we'll try to, try to go back and forth because we're going to be here and Thornhill. So Jughead and Betty are at the blue and gold offices. Okay, yeah. And he give, Jughead gives a perfect line. My dad's been lying to me my whole life, but he's never been any good at it. So Betty goes, so why was he lying? Who is he trying to protect? Cut over to Thornhill. And Penelope is very stoically staring into a fire. And, and Cheryl's Cheryl. walking in. Mm-hmm. Mommy. She's mommy, JJ, daddy. <laughs> well, she comes in and she, her mom is sitting on a couch and she kneels on the floor in front of her. It's very weird. They're um, a weird family. Oh, for sure. The, here's the thing. They, this goes back to our thing of, like, if you're going to Twin Peaks it, Twin Peaks it. Like, everybody's got to be doing it for it to work. It doesn't work if you just have one group of people doing it. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, like, the day that JJ um, went missing, why were he and Daddy arguing? And Penelope's a zombie at this point. Just like, was it the business? Was it daddy? What couldn't what couldn't JJ handle? What couldn't he stomach? Because she's talking about her dad was like, you know, he, he didn't have the stomach for the business. We get that little flashback. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what exactly couldn't he stomach? And Penelope is starting to get enraged. You can see the fire in her eyes. So many she questions. She takes Cheryl's Cheryl. hands and says, so many questions, Cheryl. So. Then we cut back to blue and gold. And... Uh, Jughead's like, okay, so who can we rule out? And they're staring at the murder board. And Betty goes, my dad. We know know why he was being so crazy. Mm-hmm. And Hermione, uh, she was in New York. She's got an alibi. Yep. And Jughead says, so that leaves Hiram 
and the Blossoms. Cut back to Thornhill. I think something happened, Mommy. If Polly wasn't the problem, it must have been the business. Did Jason see something? What was he running away from? Was it the business? Was it Daddy? Was it you? you? And that's when she twists her arms. Yeah, she digs her thumbs into Cheryl's hands, and she drags her outside to their barn. And she goes, here's our dirty, sticky secret. Are you ready? Maple syrup, drown in it, why don't you? Yeah. And it's it's just a barn full of barrels of, of syrup. I... When we get to the end of the episode, I I will I think we can figure out why they did this this way. Mm-hmm. It's just it's not the well timing done. doesn't work right. Uh, back to the blue and gold office. Alice comes in. She goes, "Ugh, Sheriff Clueless." Um, she's like, <laughs> "You know, FP did it." She goes, "Things have been tied up in a nice little bow, but too tidy, if you ask me." So, so Alice on the at first she sounds like she's accepting of hey you know this is all finished spick and span, but something's wrong. Well, because Hi- a, a bag with Hiram Lodge's initials when cash shows up at the Dead Serpent's apartment, mm-hmm. just to suggest that it's that mm-hmm. everything's tied up in a nice bow. That doesn't seem right. Yeah, <laughs> that's not how this works. And then Betty gets a call from Kevin, and she goes, "Yeah, we'll meet you there." So. Scooby Gang's headed out to the woods. It's uh, Kevin, Jughead, and Betty. And Kevin says, Joaquin said he didn't know if this would help or hurt your dad. Um, he said this this was their contingency, uh, this was in case their contingency plan was too dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are at the location of where the car was, where Jason's car was. Yep. And they find a bag that has been... Um, it's the duffel that we saw... Yeah. That we when, saw with F- that FP, FP gave, gave to Joaquin. Joaquin, and so a duffel's been buried under the brush and the trees, and they pull it out and they find the jacket. Yep. And they're confused, barely. Back at Archie's, Archie's garage. garage, and Archie's like, "What does this mean?" They're like, "It seems like more incriminating evidence." How is this dangerous? And that's the thing is that they they said, you know, this this is too dangerous now that everything's out in the open. Mm-hmm. This evidence is too dangerous. So mm-hmm. what's dangerous about this jacket? And Veronica walks in and was like, well, we have concrete proof that the serpents helped with my dad. And that probably means that your dad pulled the trigger, mm-hmm. Jughead. So everybody's just like, okay, we have to accept this. Betty's not having it. And then Betty finally goes, no, no, we're not done. God bless you, Betty. Mm-hmm. Um, she looks at the jacket and she goes, Archie, put it on. Betty, this is weird. <laughs> so she's searching the pockets, and she gets one. She goes, "Wait, there's a hole in the pocket." And they're like, "Who put it?" She goes, "Whenever I have a hole in my pocket, I always leave my chapstick in the lining." And they're like, "You're just grasping for straws." She's feeling around. She feels something, fishes it out, pulls it up. It's a flash drive. And Kevin Keller says, "Nancy Drew strikes again." Yep, she so cute. did it. Love that line. Okay. So then they plug it into the computer. So good. And they start, this scene. They, yes, they start watching the video, and all we see are the kids' faces as they're watching the video. We don't see the video, and they're horrified. And at the end of it, Betty closes the computer. She gets up. She takes, makes a phone call. She says, "Get out of the house." You have to get out of that house. house right now. Immediate cut to Cheryl on her bed on her phone, saying, "I understand. Thank you." Puts the phone down, and then she starts tear crying. Falls. She walks downstairs. She goes into the dining room where her parents are. She walks right past her dad and stands next to her mother. Mm-hmm. Turns around. Her mother looks at her like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And she goes, you did a bad thing, daddy. And now everyone knows. Which Clifford instantly recognizes on his face. Oh, fuck. They and, figured it out. And Penelope's looking over. Looking, she did not know. No. Mm-mm. There's no way she knew about this. And everything we've seen till now suggests that. Yeah. Now we cut back to Jughead starting the narration and we're going down through the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and he talks about how they were watching the videos. And we see the flashes of what's going on. So Jason is tied to a chair. Mm-hmm. Mustang was taunting him. And then Clifford walks into the room. Puts his hand in Jason's shirt pocket because he's got a dress shirt on. Takes the ring. Pulls a gun and shoots him in the head. head. Everybody mm-hmm. freaks out. 
we find out that FP confessed because Clifford went to visit him and threatened Jughead's life. Yep. Um, they take this information to the sheriff, and he's like, I've already got, I've got him on tampering with evidence, obstruction of justice, perjury, which he was under oath, so it's technically not perjury. Or, no. or giving a false statement, that's that's more accurate, and tampering with the body, and that's just off the top of my head. So we know FP's staying in jail. Your dad's not getting out anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Now, however, he will probably have a good defense. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, he's going to get a lighter sentence for sure. He He's, he's going to have to do some time. Mm-hmm. FP's staying in jail. But not for long. No. Um... And Jughead's just vociferously defending his dad. Mm-hmm. And thank, thank goodness. He finally gets to see, no, my dad my dad is a good guy. I mean, not a good guy. But his dad's not a killer. My dad's not a murderer. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't lying. Um, Veronica comes home, just gutted, and kind of looks at her mom. She's like, I'm so sorry that I thought dad. Hermione's like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. No, Hermione is, Hermione is all like kind of in robot mode. She goes, it's all right. Everyone makes mistakes. I have some good news. Your father is coming home. And Veronica's like, oh, uh, shit. Crap. They're Archie. Andrew's house and Mary is leaving. Tearing up. Archie's like, I, I, my friends. I gotta stay here me. for my friends. And Mary's like, like, come visit me for the summer. He goes, yeah. I called it. I'm a TV genius on this too. I'm a TV genius on so many things this episode. I'm so proud of me. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be Archie Andrews' day off mm-hmm. in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did it. I went there. Um, then we go back to Thornhill, and the sheriffs and the, all the police are coming. And, and Jughead's narrating as the police are driving up, being like. We all knew that Clifford Blossom was the killer, but we didn't know what we didn't know was why. Mm-hmm. And and that was going to be the the big mystery. Mm-hmm. As they drive over, both Blossoms are out front. Cheryl has a look of just fiery determination and is looking down to the side. Penelope is straight ahead zombie, yeah. and they both at the same time point to the barn mm-hmm. directly over to it, not looking. So the, the police officers get out, they've got their guns drawn, and they open the barn door, and Clifford has hung himself, and there are some barrels that have been toppled over, and it appears the drugs are inside. And this is when I told Maude that the lesson of this episode is we need to legalize marijuana. <clears throat> okay. Because if we legalized marijuana, Jason Blossom wouldn't have been killed. She'd have had to find money somewhere else. Sure. Okay, so... Wow, guys. It's a big one. There was incest. There was murder revelations. There was overdose. There was a suicide. Ah, now. Okay. I don't know that it was a suicide. Yeah, that's my thing. It's just like, okay, did he actually kill himself or did Penelope and Cheryl set that up? I think they set that up. And here's why. Because when they do that... So, this is where we get into the drugs being there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is where you said the setup is awkward. Because when Cheryl walks into that room, this is the dirty, sticky secret. Mm-hmm. With the drugs later on, mm-hmm. I think the implication is mom knows that they're smuggling drugs. Mm-hmm. Mom knows what the business really is. Mm-hmm. And it could be that they're smuggling drugs because they're in money trouble, There's... which you've suggested. Yeah. So they're in dire straits with money, which means they've got to figure out a better way to do it other than just maple syrup. Why not sell drugs? <gasps> and marijuana is sticky and sweet. Purple sticky punch. <laughs> what? Oh, you need to watch Biodome again. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Purple sticky punch. <laughs> oh my God. No, okay, I put this all together. Uh-huh. Okay. Hiram Lodge. His family, they're drug lords. That's family business. That's what's been going on in Montreal. That's the back and forth. Uh-huh. And the, what's it, family? Blossom family has been in business with the Lodges Dollar and that those significant payments are their payment for selling the drugs. But they stopped, and they stopped because Hiram, Jace, Hiram, Jason, Jason said something. Out. Jason found out and threatened to tell them. 
the payment stopped because they didn't get a shipment out and then Clifford killed Jason because he knew that that would end the drug supply. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And that's why they went, Jason doesn't have the stomach. Now, why I think it's a setup is the look on Cheryl's face as she points over is that Cheryl now looks as though, I'm going to take it over. She's like, because I think what happened in that barn is Cheryl found out about the drugs mm-hmm. now too. Mm-hmm. And Cheryl's like, I'm game. Let's do this. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, that's fitting for her character. It's it's interesting. It's either that or she's going to go full bore and reveal everything. Mm -hmm. In which case her character loses all purpose. So I feel like that's what's coming for her, honestly. Not necessarily. I mean, she could be all on a redemption arc, Nick. We we still have one more episode, so I don't know. Or she becomes the anti-hero Scooby gang Mm -hmm. rival. Mm. I don't know. Uh, but I, I, that'll be my TV genius prediction okay. is that Cheryl, Cheryl's like, we're bumping daddy away because mm-hmm. he hurt the business. He hurts what the family stands for. And daddy knows that daddy knew that I had the, the guts to take it over. So I'm gonna. Hmm. What else you got? I mean, I guess we do. Do we have to ask the question who killed Jason Blossom? No, we know Clifford. <laughs> Clifford Clifford killed. I was right about that. We we're pretty sure I we know right the about why. So many things in this episode. I feel so smart. I know. I'm a TV genius. I'm a TV genius. Then we will dance. But we still got one episode to go. We do, which is interesting. I like it. So it'll be. Inter- I don't. I don't know what happens. I don't know what they're gonna do. Well, they'll they'll have to set up it whatever cliffhanger. Have to be some, a bigger cliffhanger because this is not a cliffhanger. And I got a feeling that now that we've announced Tyrum, that he's gonna show up. We're at least gonna see him in the next episode. No, because they they figured who out. They they cast him over the hiatus. Oh man, come on guys, give me a little break. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you think there's gonna be any breakups? Is your brain too tired to think of any more formulations? There's so many things going on, and now it's like, okay, my brain is starting to think of season two stuff, but we haven't even finished season one. So, yeah, we'll have to get to that later. Yeah. Okay. Keep it hashtag Riverdale strong. That's it for this episode. Please take a moment to review and rate us on iTunes. And for questions and comments, drop us an email at macintoshandmod at gmail.com.